Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. You got here with pants on today. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. My opening thought today is there's not a person who doesn't want influence. Influence is the thing, isn't it? Influence. When I speak, I want you to hear me. I want my words to weigh something. I want to be significant. I I want you to care. There's not a person here who doesn't want influence. But there will be lots of people here, or tuning us in online, there will be lots of people who die without the influence that God intended them to have. Uh, NXT Part 3, you need to get to NXT today. You've been coming for two or three months, lots of new faces. Get to NXT, we're starting Part 1. But Part 3 is all about building your influence. You need influence, and here's why you need influence in your life. It's not just enough. Look, influence is 100% conditional. You might be born with money, but you're not born with influence. That's a different thing. There's lots of rich people that are going to die hated and having done nothing in this world. No, I mean influence. I mean, like, what you, the life you lived and the death you died mattered to somebody. That somebody can look at you and say, without them, without him, without her, my, my life was forfeit. My life, I didn't know the love of the Savior. I didn't know that I could be loved by a person. There's not a person here who doesn't want influence, but some of us will find it and some of us won't. Why do you think that is? I've been thinking about that this week. Some of us will find it and some of us won't. Why? We all want it. Why? What dream do you have that could only be accomplished if you had the influence that you needed? I think that there's a a God-given dream in the heart of every person here. You walk into a room and you see something and there's a need and there's this dream. You want to stop poverty. You want to... We all have a a dream. But the thing that accomplishes dreams is this thing called influence. And some of you will get it and some of you won't. Maybe I won't get it. I want it, but what is it that that God, if if God gave you a dream, then God will also uh, intend for you to get the influence you need to accomplish your dream. So what dream do you have? Some of us have a dream we're raising teenage kids. So some of us, we look at our teenage son and we like, I dream that they wouldn't make the same mistakes that I made. Because I, I was a wreck and I was a mess and the baggage I got to carry around and the hurts and regrets. And, and you want that influence in your kid's life, but, but you don't have it. You dream that they live free and you need the influence so they listen to you, but they don't listen to you. Why is that? You're lacking influence. Some of us have this dream that we want to be financially secure. God has that dream for you. That's a good godly dream. That you are financially secure and have lots to give away. Not everybody will get there though. You can stockpile money if you want to. But that just gives you a sense of safety. But it doesn't give you safety. And it doesn't buy somebody else a life jacket. Some of us stockpile money. Some of us stockpile cigarettes. I was talking with Ben. He's one of our directors here in and his wife, Mary, he said, he said, back in the day, if the cigarette, is Mary in the house? I don't, sorry, Mary. Um, if the cigarette container was, was, wasn't full, she didn't have a sense of safety. We get a sense of safety. I preached about that last week and all the wrong things sometimes. It's just that, a sense of safety, but it's not actual safety. That's a different thing. But you, you want influence. What would you do to get that influence in your teenage son? We're starting, Pastor Aaron and I are starting a parenting small group. Everybody wants to be a great parent, but very few people become them. Why is that? 
Well, what would you do to get that? Because your influence is 100% conditional on something that you do. A dream is, is miles away from the fulfillment of a dream. You have to actually do something to make that happen. <laughs> right? Like, hi. I'm speaking to Canadians now. But in our society, we have this thing that says, I don't know if I'm loved and maybe I have to earn love, but I should have everything that everybody has no matter if I work for it or not. Did you grow up on a farm? Obviously not. I grew up with farm kids. That makes no sense to... F I wasn't a farm kid. I got freaked out by stuff on the farm. But we, we all have a dream, but will you have the influence in the end to get there or not? That's the question that I would ask you. Do you want the influence? Okay, what are you willing to do to get to it? You want financial security and financial freedom in the end? Well, would you sign up for a small group that is called financial freedom? Or don't. Or don't. And just dream about it forever. I want that for you. A dream. Some of us have a dream of, of our career. We're starting a small group. This is our small, small group Sunday, by the way, so we're kicking off small groups again. Maybe you haven't figured this out. Okay. You're going to get asked a hundred times before you get out of the lobby space if you want to be in a small group. And so, career. You, you want a game plan for your life? We have one called a game plan. You want to increase your leadership? You, you want a, a career? You just want to dream about a great career. I don't know. What do you want? Yeah. Hey, what do you want? Want? Not what are you dreaming about? What do you want? Some of us have a dream like if we could just attract the right spouse. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. All. Put your hands up. Don't put your hands Well, I don't know. The single lady market is open at Venue Church. Hey, we all want a great spouse. We have a dream of getting a great spouse. Will you get one? I don't know. What are you willing to do to get it? If you had the right influence, you could. If you had the right influence in your company, you could hire that great manager. But what would attract them to you? Influence. How do we get it? Having, how do we maintain it? There's no dream without influence. There's no dream accomplished without influence. If I had more wealth, then I could. Uh, do, we, do we have a, a slide of uh, Schneider? Where's my boy from Haiti? All right. This is Schneider. Just a small part of the generosity that we were able to do as a church. Look, I have a dream to be extravagantly generous. And I have a dream someday to have millions of dollars to give away to help poor people. Well, this is just a small piece of what we did over Christmas. Thanks, thanks to you, Schneider is no longer an orphan. He's got parents. Thanks to our friends at Haiti Arise. He's got a great roof over his head. He gets fed. He gets educated. Thanks to us in a small part. But we, we just thank God that... Influence, though. It takes influence to do that, doesn't it? See, Schneider had a dream, but... Everybody has a dream, but will you get to the fulfillment of your, of your dream? I can't get to my dream because I don't have the influence that I need. So how does it work, and how do I get it? My main thought today is this, and I'm going to put this on the screen for you, and by I, I mean my daughter Katie in the back. I think she's on... I think it's her. I can't see her head back there, so I think that it's her. Uh... Influence rises and falls on investment. Yeah. Write that down. Influence rises and falls on investment. No investment, no influence. It's not your family of wealth, or family of origin, I should say. Whether your parents had a good marriage or not doesn't mean that you don't have, you, don't, you can't get one. No, dream about it. The dream is from God. You want influence, so you're going to actually have to invest. You're going to actually have to do something. Influence rises and falls on investment. If you just want a dream and you never want to get there, you don't need influence. 
because you actually have no plans to get there. But influence rises and falls on investment. And it's not the investment that you don't have. It's not your neighbor's. It's not in your neighbor's house. It's your investment. It's not in your neighbor's life. Well, I wish I had more time. They got the same amount of time as you have, but they're not going to come in and parent your kid for you. Your job. They're not going to join a small group. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not. You can't invest what you don't have, and that's not what God is asking you to do. He's asking you to invest what you do have. Well, I don't want to get baptized. I don't have it all together. Yeah, yeah we know. Well, you got today. You got to, we're having a baptism in a month. You got today to get your name on the box office list. You got today. Luke chapter 6 says this. Give Jesus words and you will receive. Now, Jesus is very wise. Even if you don't believe he's the son of God and came to save your sins or you say that you don't have sins or something other that's messed up and we know that you're lying. He still is quite wise. And he says this. Give and you will receive. Your gift, and I'll explain that word gift. Just keep that in your heart. Your gift. So give. When I give, it's a gift. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And every Canadian says, whoa, that's not fair. Well, they're blessed down the block. I should have the same blessing. God's like, well, give and you will receive according. And you'll get back according to what you received. Or according to what you sowed, you'll receive. What? No, it's according to what you give, not according to what they give. And so this is the way that God promises. Give. Okay, give unlocks something. When I give, I give a gift. It unlocks something. And so it's like if I got a box of cornflakes and it's the seed in the ground, okay? Everybody knows that there's no cornflakes in there. Not really. It's all full of air. So when it comes back, though, it, it gets punched down. I get Neela's little fist in there. Just punch it all down. Pour more cornflakes in. Shake it up. Punch it down again. You can get, and I tried this. 1,200 boxes of cornflakes into one normal box of cornflakes. I did not try that. But God is saying there's this thing that will unlock it. If you want the dream to come true, he's like, there's this thing that you're going to have to do that only you can do. you got to sow the seed that you have. But if you won't sow the seed that you have, then I can't do what I can do, and that's shake a bunch of cornflakes together and pour it back to you. I can, God's saying, like, I can do that. I can, I'm the only one who can make the seed grow, but I can't make no seed grow, so that's how the world works, and I don't like spoiled kids, so. Think of influence like this. Your words matter to people. Your words matter to people. i got a whole bunch of new friends here at church that I love. I was celebrating New Year's with them, and I mean, Christmas to me is like, if you're lonely, it's because you, you don't, not in a small group. <laughs> friends for free. I have so many friends, I don't know what to do with i got too many friends sometimes. <laughs> got to hang out with too many people at Christmas time. I'm just making you all jealous. You see what I was... Sometimes you leave a group of friends and they complain that you're lonely. Well, there are some friends that you probably should leave, but we got lots of pre great people here to. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Do not plug your small group during my sermon time. We're not competitive. It doesn't have to be a competition. Not everything, Amy, is a competition. I have a hero in the church, and her name is Cassie. Cassie is a friend of mine that I've known for a long time, and she came in our launch team to start with us here. And we were sitting at one of our hangouts over New Year's Eve, I think it was, and we have a new couple in the church, and they're like, we're talking about our relationship. They're kind of stuck in our, their, uh, my relationship with Cassie and our relationship with her, and Cassie's like, oh, my pastors are so good for me. And 
and, and there, she's just telling stories about, about how she tends to get a little bit stuck, but we help her with that, and that's our gift to her, but Cassie's one of my heroes, because she's a single mom, and she is invested in the house of God. And Cassie believes in a, in a principle that probably in this series I'll get to called tithing. She gives 10% of, of her money away. She gives it to God. And oh, if you're not a Christ follower, you should give 10% away. It'll just remind you that your life isn't about you. And God says, if you'll do this, and I'll make sure that you have spiritual food in my house, and I'll connect your life a little bit better, and the 90% will go further anyways. That's just what tithing is. And so Cassie believes in this. And, and you can say to yourself, but she's a single mom, and she's got a little girl named Jessica. And I'm like, yeah, but I want her to be financially secure. And if God says do this, then God's going to keep his word, and he's never broken his promise ever. And we look at God and say, well, we can't be, trust you. In fact, we can trust ourselves with it more. And Cassie's like, no, I don't trust myself. I trust God. Yeah. Starting to get a feel for it. But Cassie, um, she's entitled to some blessings that being in the family of God entitles you to. Not like entitled like I owe it to me, but you get it if you invest right. And she's invested in her relationship with me. And, and the other day, she's thinking about maybe a different job opportunity. And, and I said, okay, uh, there's two people in my small group that work for a company that you need to consider. So go over to Pastor Aaron and get the numbers because she's got them. And, and Cassie, because she's a gold personality, you'll find out all about your personality type in NXT. Cassie, um, is, are, you, is, are you in the house? Are you in the back there? Oh, say hi, Cassie. All right, so, so Cassie goes, okay, and then she does what her personality does, and she starts talking herself out of it a little bit. I'm like, well, okay, you know, but I don't have the numbers. And I'm like, Aaron's got the numbers. And she's right over there. Well, you know, I was um, maybe I should do this. And I'm like, and we both start smiling and looking at each other because we played this game before. And I'm like, this is called distraction. I'm like, get up and go over there and get the numbers. Big smile on my face. She's like, well, you know, and I'm like, stand up. <laughs> go over there. Stand up. Your feelings would be hurt, but you're not, you don't have our relationship, right? So stand up. Get over there. Well, I can't see past her. I'm like, she's just around the corner. <laughs> I know all the games. I know all the tricks, Cass. I know all the tricks. Stand up. Stand up right now. I love you. I don't want anything from you. I just want to bless you. Yeah, why don't you try it? I don't know if it's a door that's going to open, but I know if you don't knock on it, it's not going to open. So I'm like, walk over there right now and get those phone numbers. I hope you made that call. Because I can see them sitting right over here. And if you're down, I'm going to come up there and make you talk to them right in the middle of the sermon. I'll do that. I don't care. See but, see, but what you don't know is that, is that that influence took time to build in Cassie's life. And so what you don't know is that she, before she was married to a guy that, that cost himself that family and that relationship, but he still wanted to be a part of it. And I told Cassie one day, send him over to me. His name was Steve. And look, I love Steve, and I, wish that he, I hope he's doing well. But at the time, he wasn't doing well. But he wanted all the benefits of having a family, having betrayed it, and having, okay, if Cassie's like my sister in the Lord, not cool. So I had to have a talk with him, and I had to do this thing where I'm just like, you need to let her go, because you want this blessing of this family, but they are not safe with you. So no. It's conditional. You want influence with her, but it's conditional on what you do, and you are meeting none of the conditions right now. In fact, they are not safe with you. So no. That's, that's why my words with Cassie weigh something, because my words, I had to go out and fight for her. When I had nothing to gain from that conversation, believe me, it was just super awkward. And now I have one, add one more to the list who hates me. But, hey, but you know what? I'm, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to be effective. I'm here to help people. And she needed that. She needed somebody to go to battle. So this is why I can sit here and be like, hey, why don't you get up? 
The phone number's right over there. No, just you'll have to stand though first, right? You'll have to stand and then walk over there. See, everybody wants, everybody wants weight. Everybody wants your words to matter. And I'm not the hero in that story because she is. She's a single mom. I've never had to do that. She's incredible. She is loyal. She is devoted to the Lord her God. Her life used to be a horrible wreck, and I'd love to tell you all about it, but I don't have time. But God has done something in her life, and she applied herself to it and has influence now that you want so that the dream that God gave her could actually come true. But today's lie that we need to unwind, and we're going to put this up, is this. I deserve influence without investment. I deserve it. Now, now is when we start sounding like a four-year-old kid. I deserve this. Without working for it, I deserve it. I deserve not just the dream. I deserve the fulfillment of the dream that comes from influence. And I deserve influence whether or not I do anything to get it. Huh. Hmm. See, there are two types of people here. And I'm going to clear this up today. And I'm going to hurt your feelings a little bit. But I love you enough to do that. Stand up. Go get the phone numbers. But I thought that it was... <laughs> Stand up and just go get the phone numbers. There are two types of people. There are potentials and then there are high capacity people. There are potentials and then there are high capacity people. And uh, There are like high, high, high capacity people that have billion dollar companies and stuff. I'm not really talking about that today. I'm talking about there's people who have potential and then there's people that reach their potential. Two types of people. A potential is God's gift to you. You have a gift that the world needs. You might not think of yourself like that. You might, why? Because you're constantly comparing your gift to somebody else who's developed theirs. But if you don't use your gift, whatever relationships you're in suffer. And they could be so much better. And people could reach their destiny and find their purpose. Your purpose is to connect with God and people. And that's it. And somebody needs your gift. And you have one. But whether or not you reach your potential and become a, a person of capacity is totally up to what you want to do with that gift. See, God's unconditional love is that everybody gets a gift. It's like my daughters. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a personality. Everybody has something. Every one of them does. Their gift back to me is whether they develop that or not. And my gift to God is whether I become high capacity in that thing or not. Because I can sit on that gift and say, thank you, God. It's all about me and it's all for me. And God's like, no, no, health is for helping. A gift is for giving away. And so my, God's gift to you is the gift that you have. But your gift to God is what you decide to do with it. High capacity person. Every the difference is is one word called discipline, and Pastor Craig Rochelle said it like this: Discipline is the bridge between who you are and who you want to become. Discipline. What about talent? <laughs> no, that's the gift. We're not talking about that. Discipline. How disciplined would you be to attain that? High capacity. My gift to God. When you see a high capacity person operating in their gifts, they can handle great deals of stress. Have you seen a high-capacity person function? They can handle tremendous amounts of stress and still invest. There's something that gets them up in the morning. You, can't, you can punch them in the face and they will get up and take another swing at life and put a smile on their face. A high-capacity person can be under any amount of pressure and still come out with a win. Have you ever met one? I mean, still somehow dig out a result. And I got thinking about that word result, and I thought, that's really what we don't like in Canada. When we, say, when we say, be fair, what we're really saying is, I should have what they spent their whole life working for, but I should have it without the work. I should have their influence without the work that got them there. My words should weigh a lot, but I, haven't, I don't have any results to... 
Here's, here's the difference between a high-capacity person and, and a person with potential. A high-capacity person, a potential person will often, and I'm going to hurt your feelings now, will often tell you how much capacity they have. <laughs> a high-capacity person is standing there with the result, and they don't need to talk about it all that much because everybody can see it. So if you think that you're a great parent, I can see your teenager. You don't, you don't know until they're teenagers, by the way. But I can see how your teenager turned out. You don't have to tell me you're a great parent. I can see it. It's all over your kids. If you're a good business person, I can see it. I can see it. If you're a great Christ follower, I can see it. I can track your sacrifice. I can see God has done something to other people in your life. I can see it. There's this awkward scripture where God is like, I need to see fruit from your life. That's the point of the whole thing. And not just a little bit, a lot. And we're like, uh, but to be fair, I would like to see the fruit from their tree in my yard. And God's like, does that actually work anywhere? And we're like, no. But if we could create a new Canada where everybody is rich and wealthy, what, what you don't really understand is that you are rich and wealthy and everybody else in the world looks at you and says, what are you doing with all of this? And we're just like, oh, come on. Anybody been on a mission field before? You're like, if only I had what my neighbor has and, and, and your other neighbors in the third world are like, I wish I had what you had, man. What do you, you must be investing a lot. And we're like, I oh, know we're keeping a lot because we're scared. And they're like, scared of what? Somebody going to break in the front door of your house and murder your kids? Well, no. Not our city. What? You have all this influence. What are you using it for? And we're like, ah, we're kind of stockpiling cigarettes beside the fridge. That's what we're doing. Influence is measured by results. If everybody at your job is planning a convenient accident for you, you don't have the influence that you want, and you have to keep telling them how amazing of a manager you are and how amazing of a boss you are. Why? Because you don't have the results. And it, it, I saw this in the trades when I was growing up in the industry. The people with results never had to tell anybody that they had results. They, you could tell. They have this quiet confidence about them. They don't have to talk about it. So I would say to you, is it, it's just easy in Canada because we can fool people because we're good talkers. But is it results that you have in your life or not? That's the question I would ask you. Well, if you haven't, then let's find out how to get influence and how to get to your dreams. Matthew chapter 25, God, uh, Jesus is talking here and he has to break uh, life down into parables because he doesn't think that you're all that in a bag of chips sometimes on the intelligence level of heaven. <laughs> oh, that's so hard. I know you have all of these thoughts. And Jesus in the beginning was like, I was there at the beginning when God created all of this through the word of his mouth. Were you there? I didn't see you there, but you act like you were there and I just... You know. We're like, I'm wise too, like Jesus. And Jesus is like, no. And everybody around he's like, uh. <laughs> we love you though, we love you. <laughs> For the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods or his wealth to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Now, let me explain what talent is, is here. But this is the best thing that you could do with your wealth back in the day. There was no phones. There was no internet. There was no email. There was, if you wanted a letter to go to somebody, you wrote a letter and then gave it to somebody and they walked it over there. So if you're doing business in a far country or in another city, you hire good people and you give them your wealth and say, figure it out. Because you're not there. That's the only way to do it in the ancient world. Now, it's talking about talents. What are you talking about, uh, Pastor? Is this like a gift? Is it, no, this is a unit of money. So the talents that he's talking about is the equivalent. One talent was the equivalent monetary-wise to 20 years of your life. 
Every cent that you'll earn in 20 years of living, one talent is worth 20 years of that. 6,000 denarii, which was a day's labor. And so, one, so the guy who got five got 100 years of labor. We're talking about a significant investment. The other guy got 40 years. The other guy got 20 years. And you're thinking to yourself, but I, I don't have that, though, so I can't really invest. Well, let me ask it to you this way. If you have, if you have a child, sorry, how many years of that child? How about the next 20 years of that child? How about the next 40 years of that child's life? Depends on what you do. I'm going to talk about investment because money is just money, but people are people. What about an eternal investment? Eternity? All of eternity? Relationship with God or not? Sins forgiven or not? You want to talk about the wealth? This is nothing compared to what you have. Nothing. And to each according to his own ability. Ability. Potential. And immediately he went on a journey. The talent, Clark says, which each man has suits his own state best and it is only pride and insanity. That's why I picked this quote. Which leads him to desire and envy the graces and talents of another. We've got to get down to this place of jealousy right now because you'll spend more time being jealous of what somebody else has and God's looking at your gift and he's like, everybody's jealous of your gift and you're not using it. You can't develop somebody else. Develop your gift. That's your job. That's your gift to him. Everybody wants a billion dollars, but nobody wants 100,000 employees' families that go into the tank if you make a bad decision. Can I hear an amen? Hey, I just bankrupted a country. Congratulations. No, there's a weight of responsibility there. Everybody has a different capacity. You have to understand that and for different things. So my daughter's Armin and Avish. This is when Armin and Avish, um, they got an opportunity to babysit the other night. And so... But it was the night before church, and they know they need to be at their best for church because their dad's a pastor, and that's kind of expected. Um, but it, they were going to be out till midnight, and it was a long babysitting session. And so Alish is like, Dad, I don't know if, I, that, if I'm up for that. I might get tired. And Armin's like, I can do it. And so Armin went and did it. Now, the work ethic, if they're there, is the same. The gift is the same. They're both great babysitters. One has uh, their potential developed, has a little more capacity developed in their potential. So Armin that night got the five towns, which means she got to work and stay up till midnight. And Ailish got the two. She got to stay home and help me with stuff with the church. You feeling it? It wasn't a challenge to either of them. It actually worked out quite, each according to their own capacity. You know, one day Ailish will have the capacity that it's in about two years' time, because that's what separates them. I start to understand this a little bit more. Then he who, went, uh, who had received the five talents, the hundred years of labor, went and traded with them and made another five talents. That means traded, to labor with them. He sweated it. He stayed up late. He stayed up all night. He was, oh my, something has to happen with this. Like, I have to return an investment on this. Have you ever been entrusted with something? Like, oh my goodness, if this doesn't turn out right, I'm not just going to lose my job. They're going to kick me out of town. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. That means one, as in like, I got down into the cage and fought and won. I, I wrestled for it. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his own money. No, it wasn't his money. See, if you call yourself a Christ follower, God has this annoying way of thinking that what you have came from him. <laughs> you just think it's normal because you're Canadian. Everybody else is looking at your blessing and saying, why don't we have that? 
God has this annoying way of saying like, hey, I gave you that and I saved you from your sins and you have enough bread to eat and you have far more than you know what to do with and you have two cars. Oh my goodness, who has that? And he has this annoying way of treating your stuff like it's actually his stuff, which it is. And if you've ever had a financial crisis, it could go away in about 10 minutes too. And all that you put your whole life towards your sense of safety, you find out is a lie. Now he hid his Lord's money. When your country is founded upon the principles of Christianity, don't forget where the blessing came from. Don't sell your country back to the devil and selfishness and greed. and Don't become a modern-day Rome, man. Like, come on. Remember where the blessing came from. But he was so busy looking at what everybody else had, they didn't realize what he had. You can't sow somebody else's seed. You had to sow his seed. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. A long time. See, God is so gracious in his love that a long time can pass without you returning that investment. But the whole point is that you return the investment. And so when God stops correcting you, beware because he stopped investing in you. Oh, he'll love you forever no matter what you do. But one day, if you become a bad investment of God, he will stop the investment until you return something. That's what happened. It's what's happening right now. There is a clock that starts ticking when you get your sins forgiven. And for some people, it's a week, and then they start returning. You come in as a taker and a consumer. That's what you are. You have nothing to bring heaven. Have you figured that out? Oh, I have a beautiful singing voice. And God's like, I got a bunch of angels that, honestly, you're a little pitchy. Auto-tune. It's okay. I love you, though. I love you. It's so sweet. It's sweet. Yeah, you have nothing that heaven needs. And you get all of heaven's blessing for your sin. Come on. Uh, but then there's this other thing. There's this clock that starts ticking. Because you're a consumer, and now you need to become a producer real quick. And for some people, that clock, I don't know, I'm not God. So some people, I've seen it last a month and six months, and some people, two years, some people, ten years. The grace of God is a beautiful thing, and I don't understand that. And, but then one day, the clock stops ticking, and he shows up. Because after a long time, you get to thinking to yourself, well, I can do this forever. There's grace forever. And God's like, nope, one day I'll show up. And So he who would received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five talents more beside them. He doubled the investment. His Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He would receive two talents, came and said the same thing. His Lord said to him in verse 23, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, the original investment was nothing compared to the dream that I have for you. Nothing. It's just I needed a little test to see how you were doing. I just needed to fund the dream a little bit. That's all. I just want to see how you're going to be able to do with it. But that's nothing compared to the wealth that I have for you now. That's nothing compared to the wealth of relationship that I could pour out. I just needed to, to see if you were worth the investment or not. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord. When I walk downstairs and the kids are fighting. And I say, Katie, what happened? I know what's coming next is not the truth because the truth is short and sweet. The truth is a short sentence. I did it. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Watch. And this is what you run the risk of. And I've, I grew up with church people, man. You have a time to invest what God has given you and it's not for you. It's for somebody else. And the clock starts ticking, but when the clock runs out, and if you don't want to invest what God gave you, talk about the salvation of your soul for all of you. If you want to invest what God gave you, 
Watch how hostile a non-investor becomes. Ready? Watch the hostility here. He says, I knew you to be a hard man. Excuse me, Katie? I didn't punch her. Oh, for reals. Harsh man. Stern. That's what that means. I knew you to be rough. All of this. Who? Sorry, who? Is the master the rough one here? Absolutely not. But you take your problems and put them on them. Why? Because you feel bad because you did nothing. But watch how hostile you get. If you're humble and you're investing what God has given you, you can't be hostile towards people that God has put in your life. You can't be. You're worried that your investment doesn't, that's all that you're concerned about is earning your investment back to God and being like, hey, look at all these people that I brought with me, God. If it's only you, oh, watch. Reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not, sorry, the master's not here to talk about him. He's not here to talk about the servant. Reaping where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid of you, he says. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. There. Spurgeon says, yet albeit this man was doing nothing for his master, he did not think himself an unprofitable servant. I don't want this church ever to be filled with unprofitable servants who think that they're not unprofitable servants. I'd rather tell you. Well, God forbid that I live a life that has no destiny and dream and doesn't influence the lives of people. I would rather be told the truth. I love you enough. Get up, Cassie. Get over there and get that phone number. Come on. You can do it. He exhibited, Spurgeon goes on to say, no self-deprecation, no humbling, no contrition. He was as bold as brass and said unblushingly, Lo, you have what's yours. But his Lord answered and said in verse 26, You wicked. This word means irritating, annoying. Get under my skin. Lazy, sluggish, slothful, backcountry, married to your own cousin. That's not in the Greek. I just made that up. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seeds, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would receive back my own with interest. If you're not enterprising enough to do it on your own, then find somebody who is and do what they're doing. If you're not smart, if you don't have the energy, find somebody who's doing something with it. Align yourself with a good parent. Align yourself with a generous person. Align yourself... He's like, put it in the bank, man. If you, I keep forgetting to, to give to the church. I keep forgetting to give what God asked me to. Then do auto deposit. Yeah. Go to the bank and do something. Yeah. Oh, did I hurt your feelings? You'll never get to your dream without it. You'll never get to your dream without discipline, 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 discipline. Yeah. Last thing I want for you is get to the end of your life and look back with a whole lifetime of regrets because you wouldn't do the work that would get you there. Your life could could affect dozens and hundreds and thousands of people, some of you. That's what I want. Man, you're like my kids. I love you. But my kids are going to turn out awesome or they're not going to turn out. <laughs> Make me, God, give me a great marriage or let it go to zero. But God, do, I need an act of God. I need a move of God in my life. See, he waited... Um, he waited, and you waited, and the least you could do started to feel like too much. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. What? That's not fair. Time out. Canadian Jesus. That's not fair. He's like, that's how it works in the world. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. That's how it works everywhere. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. From him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. 
You see, as I end the sermon, what I want to say to you is, is a real heartfelt word here because I'm going to push you because I believe in you. I believe in you. I think you're up for it. Or else I wouldn't say it. I don't think that God believes you're up for it because he wrote this in the word of God. And he wrote it for me to read and apply to my life. See, potential. Are you ready? I got this in the green room because my team does such a great job. I can actually look over my sermons on Sunday morning now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I got this in the green room before I came out here today. And it's the thing beneath the thing for you. I had to wait to get it, and I was sweating it all week. But See, potential has the same inherent ability, but lacks one thing as the high-capacity person. They squirm out from under the emotional weight of expectation where they are currently at. See, a potential looks and says, well, if I had that, then I would. If I had that career, then I would apply myself. And God's like, I can't give you that career because you won't apply yourself here. If I had and my kid wasn't, and if I had her, and if I had, and God's like, I can't give you that because you won't do what you, you best with what you've got. That's how investment works. There's this thing in leadership circles that says that past success is the best predictor of future success, which means if I want to hire you, I'm going to ask you what you can do and show me. That's the best predictor if you're going to hire somebody of future success. And you might look at your life right now and say, but I haven't really done that well up to this point here, but I feel the challenge and I feel the call of God to do something. And I'm glad I'm here today to hear this word because there's so much more in me. I can feel it. I just didn't know what I had to do to get there. And you look back at your life and, and you say, like, I don't really have the, I got this gift. I know that, but I haven't developed it and I haven't invested it, and I haven't done what I should have done yet. And, and, and I look at, and I don't have past success to predict future success. And God would say to you today, you have right now here today. I don't know if I should get baptized. Put your name on the list and let God work it out. Let your church family come around you and help you. Just do it. Well, I don't know if I can commit to a small group. Well, you got today, so commit today. Put your name on it today. Let God work it out. You've got today. You've got right now. You've got the next 10 minutes in your life to make a decision about what I'm preaching, about whether you want to actually get to your dreams or not. Because God will love you and will love you unconditionally anyways. But the blessing is conditional. Do you want it or not? You want leadership? Oh, that's voluntary. There's this thing called the cross. There's this thing called injustice. There's this thing called pain and suffering. Do you, it, do you want to volunteer and put your name on the list or not? That, that's what I want. You, you want more involvement in your church? Okay, well, go to NXT. Well, I don't know if I can commit to all of them. You can commit to today. You, you've got today. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that we would give up the sin of jealousy right now. And we would realize that our neighbor doesn't have in their wallet what we can sow. <laughs> That's called stealing. But you've given us everything that we need right now for the harvest tomorrow. And I pray that we would sow what we have, Father. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we say in our church that a life saved is worth everything and heaven looks down on us. And I pray that we would not be liars in that. We say that a life saved is worth everything and I pray that you would make us honest in heaven's eyes today in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that in our hearts we would be honest with you today and and own up, Father, our past and say, you know what? We haven't been a good use of your investment, but today that's going to change. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.